Members of Black Lives Matter Los Angeles filed a civil lawsuit against L.A. County District Attorney Jackie Lacey and her husband over this altercation at their home. Good morning. Get off of my porch. I will shoot you. That's Lacey's husband, David, pointing a gun at three members of the group while they were at the house protesting very early one morning in March, right before the primary. The lawsuit alleges negligence, assault, and battery, and accuses Jackie Lacey of encouraging her husband to grab the gun. Seeing his finger on the trigger, recognizing that he could, that again, a sneeze, a slip, a cough, um, you know, a sudden movement from the, any of the three of us, uh, some other noise, anything. It, it was just, it was just wholly irresponsible, reckless. We reached out to Lacey's office for comment. They referred us to the attorneys representing her. We have not heard back from her lawyers. Hundreds of thousands of students are learning remotely all across Los Angeles County, and there is one place that is helping them learn at a distance. For years now, Hope Street has given assistance to families living below the poverty line. Well, now they're making changes to keep that tradition going during this pandemic. What they've done is they've customized their classrooms and the computer labs to give 50 students a place to learn with temperature checks and other precautions already in place a huge impact especially now um, when the children really need to have that support like connection um, physical connection rather than just being virtual this program covers first graders through high school well the la food bank helped out hundreds of families today in jefferson park 1200 people were expected at today's drive-through food giveaway at west angeles church organizers say the number of people coming to the food bank for help is up 145 percent from this time last year Anyone in need of food assistance can call the city's helpline 211 to find a food pantry in their neighborhood. Coming up next on the NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, drug trials that intentionally infect volunteers with COVID-19. And they're doing all of this in the name of finding a vaccine. Also, the latest on holiday shopping that's already started. Now, let's join Lester Holt in Nightly News. Tonight, the grand jury member in the Breonna Taylor case breaking their silence. The anonymous juror allowed to reveal what happened behind closed doors after a very rare judge's ruling. They say the grand jury was never allowed to consider homicide charges against the officers because prosecutors didn't think they could stick. And what they say Kentucky's attorney general got wrong, tonight Taylor's family reacts. Two officers shot, one killed in the line of duty, a 41-year veteran of the force. The suspect under arrest tonight. With two weeks until Election Day, First Lady Melania Trump canceling her return to the campaign trail, the lingering COVID symptoms she's battling, and the president lashing out over the change for his final debate against Joe Biden, the plan to mute their mics. 
The Justice Department accusing Google of an illegal monopoly. The major antitrust action announced today what it means for your online searches. The controversial vaccine trial researchers planning to inject healthy volunteers with the live virus. In 40 states, cases on the rise inside the strike teams being deployed to nursing homes and the items to stock up on now before winter comes. And Jeff Bridges revealing his battle with cancer and his message to fans, to fans. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. The wall of secrecy that normally surrounds the grand jury process has been pierced in a case that has captivated the country. An anonymous grand juror in the Breonna Taylor shooting case now permitted to talk, says the panel was never given the option to indict police officers with homicide. Taylor, an innocent woman, was shot and killed by Louisville officers in her own home during a bungled raid, but no one was charged in her death. Our Gabe Gutierrez tells us more. Tonight, in a rare rebuke, an anonymous grand juror in the Breonna Taylor case now says questions were asked about additional charges, and the grand jury was told there would be none because the prosecutors didn't feel sick, adding the jury never considered homicide charges because they were not given the option. The 26-year-old former EMT was shot and killed at her apartment in March during a botched drug raid. No officers were charged in her death, though one who pleaded not guilty was accused of wanton endangerment for firing bullets that ended up in another apartment. Kentucky's Attorney General Daniel Cameron said the actions of the two other officers were justified because they opened fire only after Taylor's boyfriend shot at them first. The rule of law must apply. Police say they identified themselves. Her boyfriend insists they didn't. Now the juror says the grand jury didn't agree that certain actions were justified, nor did it decide the indictment should be the only charges in the Breonna Taylor case. A case that has fueled protests worldwide. Today, a Kentucky judge ruled jurors could speak publicly. But at this time, our clients do wish to remain anonymous. We are still assessing their position moving forward. Grand jury proceedings are typically secret by law, but previously, the Attorney General's office released 15 hours of audio recordings, revealing at one point at least, the jurors wanted to hear more. We've been on Kentucky's attorney general says he disagrees with the judge's decision, but will not appeal it, adding that he only asked for the charges that could be proven under state law. Taylor's family is asking for a new special prosecutor and another grand jury. Lester? Gabe Gutierrez, thank you. In Houston, a veteran police officer was shot and killed today. As he responded to a report of a domestic dispute, police and the suspect shot Sergeant Harold Preston several times in front of his apartment. Another officer was wounded and is in stable condition. The officers returned uh, fire, wounding the suspect who was under arrest. Sergeant Preston was 65 years old. He'd been on the force for 41 years. With just two weeks now before Election Day, President Trump is in battleground Pennsylvania, but not with First Lady Melania Trump, as she called off her trip late this afternoon. Jeff Bennett has the latest. First Lady Melania Trump was set to join the president at a rally in Battleground, Pennsylvania tonight, planned as her first public appearance since recovering from coronavirus. But this afternoon, canceled, an aide citing a lingering cough. Coming as the president continues to criticize the Commission on Presidential Debates. I think the whole thing is crazy. Over their new plan to prevent another debate debacle. 
Why would you answer that question? The question is, the question is, the radical left, will you shut up, man? The commission announcing late Monday that President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden will have their microphones muted during portions of Thursday's final matchup. President Trump telling reporters Monday night, I'll participate, I just think it's very unfair. Biden off the trail today, preparing for the debate back in Delaware. With election day two weeks away, President Trump offering this contrast with his Democratic rival. They want to raise your taxes, I want to lower your taxes, regulations, all of that. But the bottom line, the American dream, the great American dream versus being a socialist hellhole. In fact, Biden proposes raising taxes on corporations and the super wealthy to help fund priorities like manufacturing, clean energy, and child care. So you can raise a lot of money to be able to invest in things that can make your life easier. Experts now saying high earners in New York and California could see their combined federal and state tax rates jump from roughly 50% to more than 60%. But Biden says under his plan, no one making less than $400,000 a year will see their taxes go up. President Trump has repeatedly promised middle-class tax cuts, but has yet to provide a plan or specifics. And President Trump is making headlines tonight for cutting short an interview with Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes. The president then taunting her on Twitter and threatening to release his own recording of their interview. A source telling me it all unfolded after the president grew irritated with her line of questioning. Lester. All right, Jeff Bennett at the White House. Thanks. Also breaking the Justice Department suing Google in a massive antitrust suit arguing it's far too big, abusing its dominant position, and squeezing out competitors. Tom Costello and what it might mean for you. Few companies get so big, their very name becomes a verb. But ask any American which search engine they prefer, the answer is almost unanimous. Google. 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 I always go to Google. 90% of online searches are run by Google. Companies pay to place those ads that pop up at the top of your every search. Now, the Justice Department says Google is so dominant because of deals it struck to be the default search app on phones and computers, elbowing out wannabe competitors like Yelp. I think what Yelp is hoping for is just really the chance for a level playing field where we can compete on the merits. In a statement, Google says the lawsuit is deeply flawed. People use Google because they choose to, not because they're forced to or because they can't find alternatives. But it's the DOJ's biggest antitrust action since it sued Microsoft in the 1990s. Eleven Republican state AGs have joined the suit. Democrat state AGs are also investigating Google. If Google were to be penalized, other tech giants could also be targeted. Probably nothing is going to change about how you search the Internet or how you use your smartphone, but this could pave the way for a wide array of changes down the road. A global tech giant now in a giant legal fight. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington. While some Americans have grown more skeptical about the safety of a COVID vaccine, an aggressive and controversial approach to testing vaccines has just been announced. Here's Richard Engel with that. Scientists at this London hospital are preparing to deliberately infect volunteers with the coronavirus to test the effectiveness of vaccines and treatments. The so-called challenge trial is much faster than what's happening now with volunteers around the world who live normally at home and may or may not ever become infected. In a challenge trial, infection is guaranteed. 
Sophie Rose, a student at Johns Hopkins University studying in the UK, wants to take part. The best way to tackle this problem is to start with these trials uh, in a young, healthy population where the risk is lower. What happens if one of these volunteers dies? So when these sorts of trials are designed, they are definitely informed and it is acknowledged that there is a risk of death. The first step, infect 90 volunteers, 18 to 30 years old, with the minimum required to get them sick enough to then test vaccines or treatments, but not enough to make them seriously ill. Some researchers object on ethical grounds. They inject healthy volunteers with uh, uh, a virus for uh, which we have no cure at the moment. If we would have a cure, an effective treatment, uh, I would be all for it. The challenge trials still need approval here in the UK, but that is expected to be granted. They could start as early as January. Lester? Richard Engel tonight, thank you. There are disturbing double-digit increases in hospitalizations with several ICUs now maxed out. And a new warning tonight about nursing homes. With that, here's Miguel Almaguer. Geographic location has made little difference for the spread of the virus. In Austin, hospital admissions are up 50%. In Bismarck, active cases have more than doubled. And now in Chicago, there's more than 500 new infections a day. Make no mistake. We are in the second surge. It's not just city strained, but entire states struggling. North Dakota has the most cases per capita in the country. In North Carolina, some hospitals are overwhelmed, and so are staff. It's real. It's very real. It's probably not a day I don't cry. After clubs reopened in Miami, county officials went to court Monday to get a curfew reinstated. Here in California, home to more than half a dozen major theme parks, after weeks of pressure, the state eased restrictions. But the largest, Disneyland and Universal, still can't reopen. But authorities say colder weather is driving smaller indoor gatherings, too, contributing to the new surge. <sighs> Claudia Martinez, who lost her father Raul to COVID, is among the many families struggling today. He was the funniest guy. Loved family. With the elderly at higher risk, tonight in a growing number of states, a new rash of infections and dozens of deaths have been reported at nursing homes. Those who first took the greatest toll, now again, paying the highest price. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. This is Kate Snow. With cases on the rise at nursing homes, some states have already been preparing. So we've been activated from Carolina Village. In Henderson County, North Carolina, a strike team responds anytime a nursing home has two or more COVID cases. We're going to get there, we're going to set up hot zone. Today is just a drill. They set up tents outside, gear up, and build temporary walls inside to isolate sick residents from healthy. So your wall is going right here at the end of this Kim Lughart works nights in a factory, but here she's an expert on how to fit staff for personal protective gear. The biggest risk is when you take your PPE off. So when you're taking off your gowns, your gloves, that's when you have the highest risk for contamination. So your job is to teach them how to do it correctly? To reinforce what they already know. Are you trying to stop it from spreading as fast as it would? We're trying every way we can. Mark Shepard has been rappelling down mountains or responding to hurricanes for 20 years. The pandemic is just as big a threat. Uh, this is our most vulnerable population in Henderson County. Uh, this is me and you 40 years from now, and we want to make sure they're supported. 
A federal panel formed to look at nursing homes called for a national strategy for testing and delivering rapid turnaround of results, ensuring a three-month supply of PPE and better communication with families. 42% of COVID-19 deaths have been at nursing home or assisted living facilities. Researchers are scrambling to find therapies that might stop the spread. We've been married for 68 years. Herb and Juanita Stoltz are part of a unique study bringing an experimental antibody treatment directly to residents when a nursing home has an outbreak. Why did you want to do this? He called me up and said, Juanita, I signed up to do this class and I'd like you to go with me. I said, honey, I've been with you all over the world. I'm going to go there too. Drug maker Eli Lilly is studying the treatment across the country. At 92 and 96, Herb and Juanita hope any discoveries will help their grandkids and give them precious time. You know, we may not have a few years together, and we want to be together as much as we can. All right, Kate Snow with that report. Today, experts report the number of people suffering from anxiety and depression hit an all-time high in September. Here's Ann Thompson. From the sound of sirens to the distressing headlines. COVID-19 rises in 38 states. The coronavirus now taking a toll on America's mental health. Anxiety and depression was always something that was other people's issue. And then it became really real. 26-year-old Nicholas Clark lost his job as a bar manager and is trying not to lose hope. When you start getting those dark thoughts, it's it's hard to even want to get out of bed some days. It's hard. The pandemic has been hard on everyone. New data from Mental Health America says there was a 634% jump in people using its online tool for anxiety, an 873% increase in those seeking information about depression. Are we in a mental health crisis? We, we are definitely in a mental health crisis right now. What we're seeing at Mental Health America is unlike anything we've seen before, and we need to do something about it. The data shows it is particularly dire among young people. Salt Lake City teen Hallie is among the many isolated from friends and the familiar. My anxiety is just like taking over me. Their lives have so been cut out from underneath them. In September, more than half of 11 to 17-year-olds reporting thoughts of suicide or self-harm, the highest rates among LGBTQ youth. With almost one in five Americans now living with a mental health condition, experts say it's okay not to be okay and ask for help in a time unlike any other. Lester? All right, Ann Thompson, thank you. In 60 seconds, actor Jeff Bridges' cancer battle and the warning signs everyone should know about.